Hey, what is good, people? This is episode 58. This is Sports Debate Tuesday, and the episode starts right now. You know, since we were reciting this or, or chanting this, I guess I got to do it the white guy way. Hater the love it the underdogs on top. And I'm going to shine, homie, until my heart stops. Envy me? I'm Raps MVP. I ain't going nowhere so y'all could get to know me. <laughs> Old school fit. Yeah, some, yo, listen, it's all about underdogs this weekend. Muhammad cowboyed up. Um, got poked in the eye, but took the fight last minute. So good for him. I don't think there's going to be a rematch with that. That's the UFC. We're going to talk about some of these ridiculous fouls. Uh, Doha, man. Uh, FIVB, beach volleyball uh, wheelhouse, man. The American team's really cowboyed up. And you know I'm tired of sh- uh, crapping on them. I'm a USA guy because I sound like such a hater, but it's only because I want the best. I, and I guess I'll save some of that for that subject matter. Uh, to shame or not to shame, Clippers get bl- get blown out. We're going to talk about these these Duke alumni. we got a quick question. Of course, it's Women's History Month, so we're going to uh, – n- this is another week where we salute a particular woman in sports um, that I guess rubbed us the right way. But, Rob, first things first. Hot off the press. We pre-record this a couple, uh, couple hours before Tuesday on uh, Monday night. So, Drew Brees – has announced his retirement. Drew Brees has hung up his spurs as a Saints football quarterback. Drew Brees, who got recruited to play for the San Diego Chargers, had some ups and downs. I remember him getting benched by Doug Flutie, man. I'm just glad he was able to get out of there. But Drew Brees retires from football. We're going to talk about a little off-the-field and on-the-field stuff. But my favorite quote, and he has a lot of things about his retirement, like these long speeches and these social network things. And my, my favorite one is, I am not retiring from New Orleans. Uh, uh, I'm retiring from football. I am not retiring from New Orleans. This is not goodbye, rather a new beginning. Now, my real life's work begins. Rob, your thoughts on Drew B's retirement and reflection of, of his football career? Uh, well, you know... Um one of the like probably the highest level quarterbacks throughout their entire quarterback career i would have to say um you know even a guy like peyton manning he played like a really good high level early on in his career but um you know i thought drew Brees from day one was you know not mvp caliber but you know right up there you know he was in the chargers for a lot of seasons um and the chargers organization isn't the I mean, it's a good organization, but it's not known for winning championships, you know. So uh, I think he, he spent a lot of years there trying to help build with them as well as, you know, get a championship. Um, and then when he came to the Saints, you know, I thought they, they would have won a couple Super Bowls, to be honest, um, with him and Sean Payton there um, uh, up until the, you know, the whole, um, what was it called, Bounty Gate. Um, that was... Uh, I thought that they were, you know, one of the hottest teams, um, probably the hottest they've ever been, uh, you know, from now, let's say, until that period. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, I think as 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 highly de- decorated as as his career is, I feel like 
<clears throat> and it's weird to say because I feel like a lot of people say that he's overrated, but I feel like I feel like his career is a little underrated. You know, I think he could have done so much more, um, whether it was not being injured so much, and that could be from not taking so many hits earlier on in his career. Um, you know, whether it was maybe playing some better football when he was a little older. Um, I just thought that there were certain things that he could do with his career that would that would have just catapulted him into one of maybe one of the top five quarterbacks of all time because I don't think there's anything really holding him back. He had uh, teams that are willing to build around him. Um, he had, you know, all the positive, you know, press and, and, and great things going for him for his whole career. So, you know, I love Drew Brees. I, you know, I just look at his career. I look back and, you know, if it would, would have been perfect, I thought he could have been one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. So, uh, but, but, you know, great, you know, props to him for, for playing for so long. Um, you know, all the records that he's, he's created and, you know, will probably be broken, you know, sooner than later. But uh, I still think he's, especially now, he's in the top 10 quarterbacks of all time for me. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's one of the greatest. That's cool because that was actually going to be one of the follow-up questions. Where do you rank him, like as far as um, uh, uh, best quarterbacks of all time? And I definitely have him somewhere at the end of the top ten. I mean, I won't make the illogical leap to five, you know. And and um, I don't want to name other quarterbacks um, because timing it would be really crappy in light of the fact that we're celebrating this man's retirement instead of saying he wasn't this guy, he wasn't that guy. So I'm not going to do that. Um. I'm going to read it again. I'm only retiring from football. I'm not retiring from New Orleans. This is not goodbye, rather a new beginning. Now my real life's work begins. And to me, he um, influenced himself as a human being in New Orleans before he even took the football field. If you remember the whole Hurricane Katrina thing, right? And he came in there and they didn't even have a stadium. We weren't even playing in a stadium. Him and whatever. And his philanthropy, of course, off the field uh, is, is well documented. I mean, you don't see him taking too many pictures with a big check, but you, you know enough about the guy that he puts the C, the capital C, as far as caring in, in New Orleans. So... You know, so all the work he did before they even got their first home game, and all the fans be like, "Yo, if this guy balls out with all with with all the stuff he's putting into the city, if he actually balls out, he's gonna be he's gonna, we're gonna have a statue of him." Boom, game one, Atlanta Falcons against Michael Vick. Man, through play performed just behind. I've had a little help from special teams. Reggie Bush returned in a, a punt for a touchdown, and. I, the thing I could say about his career, he has done everything he needed to do as a quarterback to win. Um, you you have, you have, you might have this discussion between him and Peyton Manning's who better who's better. Look no further than head to head, right? They played each other in a Super Bowl. Manning balled out, um, Breeze balled out. They both did their part, and I think the only difference in that Super Bowl was uh, Sean Payton had um pair of balls between his legs did an onside kick after halftime and they scored and then sharper i think returned an interception for a touchdown so i believe they were up 24 17 but that interception for a touchdown made it look made it 31 17 and made it look worse than it was but it really wasn't it was tight but breeze is the one that put him ahead all right breeze right now is first in passing yards 
in, in the NFL. He has 80,358. He's first in completion, 7,000 plus, whatever, 7,142. First, Rob McLean, in completion percentage with a 67.7 completion percentage. Sick! Second in touchdown passes, only because him and Brady are still playing at a – Brady's first, man. And it looked like neither one was going to retire, and it looked like that's going to be a race to the end, but – I don't know. I guess Brady took less damage. Brady's nutrition is better. And Brady surrounded himself with uh, just as much talent, if not better. So the one thing I want to remember about Drew Brees is he did his best. Um, he had a lot of talent. And what he lacked in talent, he made up with fight. He was he was the best fighter. As, as far as quarterbacks are concerned, I mean, I put Brady up there too and Russell Wilson. But he's one of the best fighters. Uh, um, as far as fighting through adversity and and keeping his team up, his pregame speeches are, are uh, right. Because sometimes you see someone on the line or like the biggest mouth doing these leadership speeches. Man, that dude is in there just savaging it up. So the thing I want to remember about him is that he did his best. He and the only thing that he did better than football on the field was be a good human being off the field. They're neck and neck with each other. You you could pick a day. So congratulations to this man on a very long and storied career. And, and he was very snake bitten from competing in more than one Super Bowl. If you remember, there was a um, pa- an obvious pass interference call in the red zone that where he had an opportunity to score and beat him. I don't even remember who it was, but um, Falcons travesty and then of course the miracle in minnesota so he's been snake bitten by these 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 you know these little miracle plays that work against him and i have to say that rob because you as an elite athlete knows that you win championships on talent and good you know good preparation but when you're against someone who's just as evenly matches you 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 need you might you're gonna need a break here and there right Tom Brady, that first Super Bowl, right? I mean, there was a tuck rule that that allowed him to get past the Raiders. The Raiders win that game without that without that call. So you get sometimes you get a little help from your friends. Sometimes the ball bounces a certain way, and we love the way the football shaped right everywhere around. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be fun. Um, yeah, yeah. And I love that you answered that question. He is in the top 10. He is at the edge of the top 10. I can't think of nine. I can think of five or six, but I can't think of nine quarterbacks. When I say, and you know what I'm talking about when I say quarterbacks. We didn't say who's the best thrower in the game, right? That's probably Dan Marino. We didn't say who's the most mobile quarterback in the game. You look back at Michael Vick. You look at um, Steve Young. You know, give shout, give shout to the white guys that can run. <laughs> um Damn, I'm racist today. But um, yeah, as far as quarterback, leadership, uh, um, the ability to throw the ball, the ability to create time, um, um, understanding the situation where you don't have to be a G, which Tom Brady is the best at. Understanding a situation, fine. I'll throw for 195 and we'll win. So here's my follow-up question before we slam the door and, and, and um, crack the door open on the UFC does him retiring possibly open this window for Russell Wilson, who doesn't seem happy in Seattle? Oh, um, I don't think so because I, I think uh, the Saints knew that they were going to be without Drew Brees, so there was this year, next year, and I think they already had a, have a plan in place that they want to see what Taysom Hill's like, uh, maybe draft and and, get, and see what, see what they can do this year with the quarterback position. 
Um, and they also have Jameis Winston. So I, I don't really see why they would they would want to change things up that massively because you're going to have to trade more than just uh, you know a, a trade you know uh, a sign and trade with a couple of draft picks. Like there's you're going to have to give a little bit more than that away. So um, when we're talking about the Saints, I just still don't see it as a uh, realistic destination uh, for me at this time. Yeah. For those of you that don't follow football as avidly as us, Jameis Winston is part of what we call the 30-30 club in, in, in a shameful way. He's got 30 touchdowns in a season, which is pretty good, but he also matched it with 30 interceptions, 30-plus interceptions. With that being said, for the fanatic or for the casual or for the everyone else in the gray or in between, if he only throws 15, you know, he, he actually keeps possession of those balls and he probably breaks, uh, this, you know, whoever holds a single season record for, for yards pass because he was, Winston was lighting it up. But if he doesn't turn those, the ball over, if he doesn't turn the ball over half the time, uh, um, we're not having a discussion about who their quarterback is. It would definitely 100% be Jameis Winston, you know, who, by the and way, in the NFC Championship game was the only guy who actually threw a touchdown pass, I think, right? Yeah. And, and the other thing is, uh, you know, you, you take some of those interceptions away, you're going to add some touchdowns on top of 30, 31, 32. So it, it's, it's, you know, he could be a 40 touchdown, 15 interception, you know, a, a season easily if, you know, he could just cut down those mental errors. But then again, that's the quarterback position. You know, is you, if you can handle not just, you know, the offense and being off the field and come back on the field and being the same level, you know, it's everything that comes with it. You know, you're the you're the primetime guy. So they're going to ask you questions, you know, before game, after game. You got to go in there and still execute. So uh, I'm not sure if he's totally capable of that. But just like you're saying, if he throws 20 interceptions and 40 touchdowns, you know, it's yeah. a very doable, you know, it's very doable. Or even 35 and 20. You're at a 35 and 18, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. So. That's football. We're going to have a lot to talk about football this month and the next month. Of course, the draft's coming up in May, I think, right? Um, and there's a whole bunch of great prospects. I mean, I mean, I wasn't thinking about quarterbacks only outside of Trevor Lawrence, but now you look at Mac Jones, you look at some of these people, and all of a sudden I'm like, wow, I'm looking at quarterbacks again. I didn't. It's like every yeah. year, you know, we, we sleeping on some of these quarterbacks, you know. But last year, offensive linemen, right? Makai Becton, you know, some of these, these cats. That, uh, somebody, we were talking about Tristan three, Wirfs. We were yeah. talking about 300-pounders that can actually catch up to you. <laughs> In a street race, yeah, it's scary. It's scary out there. Because I remember saying, I ain't scared of no fat dude because he can't catch me. <laughs> Bye. Chase Young. Yeah. We're five. <laughs> <laughs> Whoosh. <laughs> Makai Beckson running backwards on the 40 against me. <laughs> All right. So that's, uh, that's it for the NFL, at least for now. Uh, we move on to the UFC. This is topic two. Small event. House show. For the diehards like me, you know, you know I watched every match, including the prelims. For the casuals, or for the half casuals, they probably stayed up to just watch the main event or watch it on replay on ESPN+. Plus. Um, for the people who are casuals, that was the word, probably didn't even know there was an event over the weekend. Um, the main event was Edwards versus Muhammad. And once again, Rob, we have a match that ends in, as a result of a foul. There was an eye poke. And when you saw the, the replay... Man, it was it was balls deep in there, man. It was it was gross. It was, I was like, oh, oh, god, ah, ah, 
Ah, ah. So the question was, um, can M- what can M- mixed martial arts, UFC, Bellator, whatever, right? Um, what's the other one? PFL. What can these 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 governing bodies do to help prevent these eye pokes, these illegal knees? Last week, you remember Aljamain Sterling won a title because of that. Also, earlier on in the night, Darren Stewart got kneed in the head by Eric Andrews, former Alabama player. Um, you want to talk about super athlete? Yeah, he's. Um, he, I like yeah. the way he looks. He's a good fighter. So I'd like to go first on this. Um, the first thing they can do is stop worrying about sponsorship when it comes to gloves. At Jackson Wink, their MMA camp, they, they have a set of gloves that keeps the fingers curled and at the same time reaches out just far enough for the people who like to grapple. And, and, if, you, and if you go for an eye poke, the worst thing that can happen is this. Or this, you know, nothing comes out like this. Um, if you look at what's his name, um, Edwards, a lot of these eye pokes, and John Jones, as you know, is the master of this, is him defending, right? And the hand comes out like this. But this, his was like this, and he still got the thumb to the eye. So it wasn't really, you know, it was kind of an honest mistake. But my, I got two things to say, and I'm gonna give you the floor. One, start looking at some of these gloves and start worrying about who, who the brand is, all right? That's the first thing. Uh, um, Jackson Wink had an idea. They got some good uh, some good ideas, and Dana White should take a look at that. And then go to the Athletic Commission, and then the Athletic Commission gives a thumbs up because we ain't trying to see these matches end, and they don't make no money either. The second thing is, every time there's a foul, take a point. If it's an accident, take a point. Rob, who the hell poke? First of all, who the hell poke someone's eye on purpose? It's, am I Ric Flair? Woo! No, 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 please no. Boom! <laughs> That's what he do. He go, no, time out, time out. Boom! No! Nobody's poking you in the eye on purpose. Nobody believed that um, Dar- um, Eric Andrews need him to the head on purpose. He might have thought that he might have been grounded. Uh, Peter Young wasn't sure. He asked his coach. His coach said need him. So that that's, in- that's as intentional as a knee's going to get, but... If you just start taking points, guess what? Now people are going to start fighting with their hands up. Now people are going to look at grounded opponents to make sure or whatever and this and that. Because you, Rob, you know what's happening, right? Uh, in the past, someone would get need if he, you know what? If I get need, I'm already ahead in the scorecards. And if he decides to continue, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just F him up because he's, 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 you know, he's already messed up. I'm going to just finish him off. And, and it's, the third thing is, let the referee call the fight. Let the referee call. Do not leave it up to the fighter uh, um, where the fighter's like, you know, because you know how MMA fighters are, right? Right, Rob? They don't want to seem like a puss. They're going to they're gonna say, yeah, I want to keep going, and eventually they're going to lose. So don't leave it up to the fighters. If you see that man is out of it and you call the doctor in, call it. Don't, don't. It is disingenuous for a fighter to say, I can't continue, and the fans boo the hell out of him, and he's vilified and shamed because of that, because every fighter, nine out of ten fighters will say, I, I got to continue. The floor is yours. Is, is there yeah, anything I mean, in the MMA can do? Uh, I mean, uh, just to piggyback on your last point, I, I think that uh, that's for a lot of sports, you know, football with concussions, you know, uh, you know hockey, baseball, 
other sports with their injuries. You know, a lot of players, they try to push through at the moment because the mentality of an of a, of a athlete is that, you know, nothing can really stop me. You know, my mind is set on something. I'm just going to do it. And, you know, I'm going to come out with the rewards or the repercussions after. Um, <clears throat> and some things cannot go that far. Like when we're talking about concussions, you know, you have to really, it takes a lot to step in front of a football and player and say, Hey, you can't step out in the field anymore. You know, that had to be a systematic change. So, um, I, personally to me, I feel like, uh, it's the same thing with boxing. Maybe it can be a little bit, uh, more strict with when we're talking about illegal knees and illegal strikes. But uh, I think that becomes a really slippery slope, you know, and I'm not saying it'll ever turn out to be the same, but I think the same thing was with the NBA back in the day where, um, you know, it got too egregious with the technical fouls or with the non-technical fouls and the just regular fouls. And so they started to, you know, started to call a lot more of, you know, ticky-tack fouls. And now it's a, a totally different type of a game. I'm not saying fighting will ever be like that, but I also don't want UFC to end up to be like, you know, karate, where it's just you're scoring points and you're not really fighting. You're just putting a technique against a technique. So uh, at the end of the day, I think the illegal strikes uh, are in a good place um, where, you know, if you do get a decal a disqualification, you know, you should lose your belt. You know, it should be maybe a mandatory rematch. Uh, but again, that's that's a really slippery slope. It's true, uh, but not even, but Rob, not even feel, a DQ. I'm, t- I'm, I'm just talking to like just take a point. Because yeah, how many again, times have you seen someone scary. warned about being poked in the eye? A kick, someone get kicked in the yeah. nuts like three times in a round. He gets a warning three times. So again, maybe you can do, uh, you know, for a more egregious fouls, you know, an immediate point taken away. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely am interested in that, but just not for all fouls because there's a lot of fouls out there, you know that come you come across and you're not trying to for everything penalize because it slows things down you want to keep the rhythm of the fight but past that um uh, yeah i definitely agree with the gloves you know i think that i actually am a little maybe not nervous but um kind of baffled why the ufc have haven't even you know taken into consideration uh you know approving their gloves because yeah just like you said maybe it's not made events but there's been a lot of fights stopped or you know, in jeopardy of being stopped because of uh, eye pokes. And I think you can't, you know, protect for everything. You got to cup for the groin strikes. You know, uh, you're, you're trying to make sure there's not, you know, uh, 12 to 6 elbows, you know, for any concussions or stuff like that. But eye pokes, I think, have been there for such a long time that uh, it is, it, it kind of, like I said, it kind of baffles me they haven't even made a, uh, you know, just a, an inquiry into changing the gloves. Uh, maybe there's something wrong with it. Maybe it does the fighters don't like it. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know, if it's about making money, I think they got to protect their investments. Yeah, there's that. So well, very well said, Rob. Um, very good point as far as like um, not all fouls are the same, right? I mean, for me, I'm, I, I made this leap to just take a point regardless of it, uh, if, it's, if it's intentional or not. And to me, I say take a point away because I don't care about intention, but there is something uh, – uh, very important lurking variable you brought up um like how hard it was like not all files are the same you know like yeah um darren stewart like that that um he got kicked pretty hard and he looked a little concussed but and i don't mean to to make this a competition a knee competition or anything but it didn't look nearly as bad as aljamain (laughs) 
<laughs> Al Jermaine. I, I mean, I wish I could I could just show a video without him without them flagging this. Of he got kneed and it looked like he was literally knocked out for two seconds before he got up and then and then, and, and it's weird. The refs gotta make up their mind. If you're giving someone five minutes to recover, stop asking him the whole five minutes of you if you're all right. Right. Uh, oh, and the fighters take some initiative dude you gave me five minutes can you see i'm not going to answer that i'll tell you in five minutes <laughs> you know because once a fighter says i can't see now that that negates the five minutes the ref calls it so right. it's weird um and for the people who um want to know the rule about mma between a no contest and a dq uh disqualification happens regardless if it's first second third fourth or fifth round once a ref rules a dq it goes to the other guy uh, no contest is when it's accidental and when they rule it non-intentional but the fighter's unable to continue but it's inside three rounds they, they go to no contest um a championship match which is a fourth or a fifth round it's not ruled to a no contest they go to the they go straight to the judges scorecards um, if it's non-intentional and the fighter can't continue. So that's an interesting fact to bring up because we seem to be in the not unintentional era. And I think between now and August, it's probably, I fear this isn't going to be the last time we're going to, we're going to witness illegal blows um, that, that shift the tide of, of the rankings. One last question, kind of rhetorical, but people are listening and they need to hear the words. Should Bilal Muhammad and them rematch this and, and Edwards rematch this? Absolutely not. Uh, I think okay. it was, uh, you know, <laughs> Leon Edwards was outclassing him already. Um, yeah. And I don't think it's a, a really a draw for the fans. I don't mm -hmm. think it's a draw for money. I, I don't really know why they did this other than to keep Leon Edwards active so that they can put him on to the next fight card. He hasn't fought in almost two years. I mean, yeah. and and it's probably the reason why he took it. And Bala Muhammad, man, he's one of them dudes that picks up the phone and says yes. Man, followed Bala Muhammad, he's, he's not inside the top five or top 10, not even top 10. And maybe he deserves a number by his name because he keeps winning some of these important matches. But keep watching that guy fight because he you uh, that's the guy that brings it from beginning to end. And he's entertaining as hell, man. Get to know that dude, you know, and V me. I'm raps and VP. Yeah. No, he ain't, I, he ain't I, going I nowhere. <laughs> I definitely, you know, enjoy watching him fight. Uh, I just think that some at a certain level, you know, there you know there's levels to this <laughs> yeah there is um and, and you know and when i watch and maybe this is the best we'll see him right or or maybe he's still you know he's still building up or for whatever. sure and yeah. i would love to see that but you know when i looked at just from the eye test between him and leon edwards which is again he's third third fourth best in the division mm -hmm. by rank but uh you know it just looked like leon was very calm, very relaxed, and was still outspeed, outstriking him. You know, you know, being first in the exchanges, it was just a different, different level. Who's next for Leon? <sighs> Honestly, I would love for him to fight Masvidal because he got pieced up. Yeah. In he got pieced up in England by him, and I'm like, Dana, yeah. UFC, how do you not yeah. make this match when these dudes, these dudes got into a piece up contest off the um, outside of the octagon? I mean, I think they're waiting for Kamara Usman to maybe possibly fight, you know, Masvidal. If yeah. that doesn't happen, you know, Gilbert Burns is right there. You know, that would be a very interesting turnaround Ooh. fight. Um, I don't think Burns will want to fight that high level that quickly. Um, right. I wouldn't because, even mind you know, if he got the title shot. 
The guy won eight. I think he won eight or ten yeah. in a row. I wouldn't even. I just mind think that. that would be a disservice. And honestly, if the UFC gave him a title fight now, I just I think it would just be so disrespectful. Like, make him earn it. You know, one or two fights because no matter what, everybody has. Yeah. You know, when they're inactive, they're gonna not play. They're not, not gonna fight their best. Okay. You know, whatever whatever it is. And activities you know, activities so important. Yeah, well, and, and not even just fight their best, but fight better than their best, right? When you when you see the best fighters or when you see the top-level fights, it's not that we want to see what you just did last fight. It's, you know, these fighters are evolving. You know, they're changing. They're growing. And, uh, you know, when you're, when you're inactive that long, you're coming back from injuries or, you know, you had COVID or you had to get over all these different travel restrictions. You know, all that kind of messes up that flow. And I think it's just, like like I said, I, when I saw him against Muhammad, he looked really nice and clean and calm, but Jesus, it wasn't as active as usual, you know, and that, that I feel like that is a part of that ring rust where you're just trying to get the feel of things. Mm. So I think he needs about two more fights. Um, I, yep. I think they could definitely be high-level fights, and they might be really close fights. He might lose, he might win, but uh, as long as they're high-level, he won't lose that much rank. And, uh, yeah, I would love to see uh, Masvidal or Gilbert Burns. I think Masvidal is more... Uh, what I'll be looking for right now. Or Steven Thompson. Yeah. yeah. Very true. Yeah. Very true. I like it. Well said, Robbie. Cool, man. All right. We we killed it. MMA. Got another one coming up. Main event is Derek Brunson. We'll pick a winner on that later. Brunson against Holland. Um, but for now, we go to the FIVB Beach Volleyball. Rob McLean, it happened in Doha, 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 Doha. <laughs> Yo, it was quite the exciting tournament to watch, my man. Every match, you didn't have to be a USA fan and just only follow the USA matches to appreciate, um, like Qatar, man, Sharif and Ahmed. Man, they were killing the Nikolai and Lupa. I thought looked good in the beginning and tapered off a little bit. Guto, Ivandro, first time, um, first time partnership on a big stage. I don't because I don't know what the hell they're doing in Brazil. Maybe I think everyone's playing with everyone in Brazil. But um, first believe, time uh, together uh, in a big on the big stage. Um, because they're saying that Bruno got COVID, yeah, so that's yep. why he wasn't able to make it. But first time on the big stage, they win. They win Doha. They win. They win four star, and. Yeah, so I guess the question is, Rob, if you had to pick one match or even two, and because you don't want to choose one, what was your most fun match to watch? And of course, we're gonna explore our, our, our thoughts on how the U.S. team, uh, the USA teams performed, because I gotta, I got something I want to say about that. But Rob, first question: most fun match to watch, men's or women's, regardless of country, the floor is yours, my man. <clears throat> Oof. Um, I think my favorite match is probably. <laughs> I mean, I think. Uh, I mean, I, I thought that the Canada versus USA game was great. You know, the women's final. I thought that was really high level. Ooh, that I was love good, to see, huh? Yeah, you know, I love to see you know good high level, big women's blockers against two solid defenders. You know, and just you know a, slugfest a, back and forth the whole game. A true um, one versus two, right? Yes, yeah. yes, you know. So I definitely think that's a, a, a huge possibility for an Olympic final, uh, you know, judging that we all get to Tokyo sometime soon. Um, and I think, uh, honestly, that result can go any way, any time. You know, Alex and April play their best ball. You know, I don't see a lot of people coming in their face and, and beating them. And then same thing with uh, Sarah and Mel. You know, they 
Mm-hmm. They play their best ball. I don't really see a lot of teams you being able see, to beat them. So. You don't see too many behind whoopings when they're facing each other. It seems like, in my mind, I mean, I don't, I don't have all of the scores uh, uh, the last six times they played each other, but in my mind, I felt like, I feel like every single set is decided by two. You know, in fact, here's, here's a cool picture. Um, this is Alex Kleiman's face, and I'm gonna zoom in. Look at her eyes. Do you know why she looks like that? Hmm. Because they Canada was up 2019, and uh, Pavin did a poke line over clean like in april was nowhere to be found she wasn't within 10 or 15 feet of it and it went wide so that you're down 1920 i guess you got a line block or a three block on or off the one block pavin pokes over and you know that her height her poke is like a dead drop so it pokes and it misses and instead instead of it going in and canada winning the first set 21 19 it goes out and she goes Oh my God! <laughs> Thank the Lord. Oh <laughs> Rob, my match, That's my favorite match, and I I follow Qatar the whole way through because I could watch Ahmed Sharif play the whole time around, I, and I love me some Lupo, who I think is the best defender in the world. And it's just not they just don't talk about him enough. He's a transition king too, by the way. My favorite match, I gotta go to the U.S. of A. USA against Russia, Stoyankovic and Kurishnikov. Um, I watched it on YouTube live, the live stream, and you wouldn't believe in the overwhelming stream of commentary written in Russian and, and American and English. Um, man, these Russians are talking so much nonsense. They were talk. They're like, "Oh, the Americans are so cute," and this and that. And I'm like, "I said these these motherfuckers called us cute. They call they want to call us cute, and they're right because Russia's been dominating. That's the five star winner. They won the qualifier, and then you pick you pick the Russians against Crab and Gib nine out of ten times. I'm gonna pick the Russians, but not this time. Taylor Crab leveled up. Uh. The, one of the best blocking tournaments I've seen in such a long time by Jay Gibb. And that's saying a lot because Jay, they call him Jay Blocker Gibb. I have, I can't say that I've never seen him block like this. I just can't remember the last time I've seen him block like this. And, I, and I'm only saying this because he's not herbing people in the AVP. You know, first round main draw, some guy who just, who just qualified nine o'clock the night before, you know, who's not even as talented and tired as hell. No, this is, these are the best teams in the world. He had a good blocking game against Ivan Drongutto too as well. You know, unfortunately he got a blocked a lot too, but, but my favorite match was that because Taylor, I think in his heart of hearts, knows that he ranks amongst the best um, ranks among the best defenders in the world. But and of course, in in the South Bay and these five zip codes, uh, uh, there's a lot of USA self love here, and they will say he is the best defender in the world. I will not say that because I'm just I've been around the world too much, and I know, and I know better. But okay, I finally saw that tournament. He made a liar to me. He made a uh, boy made a liar out of me. He he his defense, his ability to be at the right place, right time, and always touch the ball in his worst play. Tr- uh, a perfect dig for options and transing out. Um, man, just looked like he was in his zone. Man, it reminded me a lot of you. I mean, cause I cause I've seen defenders, backward defenders. I've seen Eric Baranek do this. He'll get like digs and every and every and, and you know in your heart of hearts when you're watching a game. Every time you, this person gets a dig. 
you know, he's going to get the kill. I've seen you, you do that. I've seen Baranek do that. I've seen Nick, you know, Nick Lucena. We've seen him do that his whole career. Um, Todd, you know, we've we've always seen these games where you're like, when as soon as he got the dig, you're like, all right, he got the kill. <laughs> he, he got that point. <laughs> he got that point. And the, semi, the semifinals, him and Goose, Guto, Chalston, it, it was the battle of the best defenders in the world. And I had a voting poll. I put a voting poll out um, between Lupo, Guto, and Taylor Crab. Who is your pick out of the three? Because I'm I didn't I didn't include Nick and like everybody else, and you know and everybody else who who are probably better defenders, right? Like I didn't I didn't put Christian Sorum, but I said between Guto, Lupo, and Taylor Crab, who do you like as the best the best backward defender out of the three of them? And the votes are still coming in, but it's overwhelmingly for Taylor Crab. You know, great match. Um, your thoughts about how the USA represented uh, in this in Doha? You got April and Alex winning the gold. You have Crab and Gib beating Phil and Nick for the bronze. So now you got one 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 medal per agenda. Kalinsky and Stockman. Stockman. You know, yeah. flirting with uh, getting on the podium. They they lost to the Brazilians. They lost to uh, Duda. Um, and Agatha, I think. Mm -hmm. um, Clay's and Sponsel, I've been kind of one of their biggest critics, but I thought they played well. You know, I thought they played really well. Kerry Walsh and and Brooke Sweat, they've only yeah. lost twice the entire tournament, and both both losses were to the Americans, and both were in the third set. So, um, I'm gonna give you the floor since I'm talking all this nonsense before you. No. Um, you're saying all the right things. Yeah, you know why? Because we're in the South Bay, and I think there's just a little too much love for U.S. like USA volleyball and what we are, and we're we're this way that. No, you're not. To me, last week our podcast was entitled "You Are What Your Record Says." Okay, <laughs> you are what your record says, and I love the access the volleyball players have been giving to me, and some of them you know, a shy and that's, that's not some of the thing. And some of them, and some of them are a little, you know, they're, they're in love with their star power. And, you know, because I guess they do this one thing better than everybody else. They probably think they're better people. And for those one or two people, they can go, they can go suck a rock. Um, but for the most part, very accessible, very self-honest. Um, and I'm very, very happy to see, I'm an Amer I'm a USA guy. I want to brag about my people, but you, Rob, you know I got to keep it real. I'm not going to say they're great. I'm not going to say that Taylor's the best defender in the world if he's not. I'm not going to say Phil's the still the best player in the world if he's not. I'm not going to say you know, uh, um, uh, Clay's and Sponsor or whatever or they're the best team in the world if they're not. If you if you are, I will. And if and when I say it, it's for it's for real. <laughs> That's real praise, all right? So your thoughts about how well the USA did in um, on Doha? Um, Boy, so overall, <laughs> you know, I was very surprised. I mean, there was a lot of teams, um, you know, I was very happy that, you know, Phil and Nick and Jake and Todd, I mean, Jake and, uh, Jake and, uh, Taylor, um, you know, showed up in the beginning, you know, they did a great job of, you know, shutting down the Russians, Taylor and Jake. Um, and then Nick and Phil looked like Beat the Germans. 20 well they look like 20 yeah they look like a 2015 you know 2016 type of team where you know they're both a bit younger you know they're optioning all the time Nick's ball controls on is on point 
And then, you know, they, I, I don't know what happened with Phil and Nick, but they hit a wall. And then uh, same thing with Taylor and Jake, you know, you take out the Russians and maybe it was a big high, but um, I was very surprised to see, to not see Taylor and, and, uh, and, and um, Jake Gibb, not in the finals or, you know, mm-hmm. that, that just really, really surprised me. Um, I thought they could take care of, uh, of Andre and Guto. Yeah. But um, yeah, honestly, I thought it was a really solid showing for the men and for the women. I thought it was extremely strong. You know, I, not to say I didn't see it, but, uh, you know, Kalinsky looks fantastic. Uh, her blocking didn't was she? just on point. Um, they, as a team, were playing really crisp. Again, really big ups and downs, or maybe not as big downs, but, you know, big ups and then, you know, some neutral points where, you know, they're kind of just letting the game come to them. But, um, yeah, once they start trying to, you know, you know, fight first or be the first person to, you know, throw the punch, they're, they're a very good team. You know, they're, they're a very tough team. Thought Brooke and Carey played fantastic. Uh, again, playing well above their level, um, and just always being there. You know, always, you know, fighting. Even at the last couple points, they've been maybe down. You know, eighteen twenty or you know nineteen seventeen. Always right there at the end. Um, it's still a toss up game. So it's yeah. I thought it was a fantastic showing. And of course, Alex and April just you know bossing through the whole tournament. Um, April's still one of the best servers in the tournament. Yeah, and becoming a really, really solid defender. You know, at her size, it's kind of easy to make one or two steps and be in the right position. So, um, you know, finally taking heed of, you know, her size and and being able to put that in different places in the court. Um, But, yeah, I just thought it was a fantastic showing by the American teams of how strong that second tier of teams are, um, where, you know, know, if there was another whole year, I would say it's kind of that second team is up for grabs. You know, but uh, just how the points are right now, and uh, like you know Carrie, that there's right? so few tournaments left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, as long as you know certain teams keep, you know, if if some teams, if uh, you know Kelly and Emily start winning tournaments, or you know Kelly and, and Sarah start winning to- tournaments, it might be different. But I just think uh, they're all kind of at that same level, and if the points kind of shake out the same, then it'll probably be Brooke and Carrie again. But um, yeah, you know, who knows? We'll see. What I happens. have. I have two questions in regards to the second spot that I, I, I ask myself and answer for myself. And everybody listening, you should do this too. One, what does the point situation look like, right? What's what's reality? And reality is it looks like Carrie, Carrie and, and Brooke are ahead on points and this and that. And then the second question is, how are they playing? Are they playing like a two or a one? And I'm very happy to say, and you know me, you know I don't, you know, I, 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 I'm sometimes I'm a prisoner of moment. Sometimes I like people and I say things, but for the sake of the show, you know, my love or affection for someone doesn't affect my critical thinking skills. I like what Carrie. I like what I saw in Carrie and Brooke. I've been one of Brooke's biggest biggest critics, and I always thought about like how, you know, like like how Betsy Flint and Carrie would have been like a killer team because Betsy's like the poor man's Misty May in in, in so many ways as far as that killer instinct is concerned. Mm-hmm. Nah, but Brooke Brooke showed us why, man. We shouldn't be sweating her, you know. And the second you know, team, Trevor and Try, wasn't even there on points. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Did it? I did. Phil and Nick get enough points. Did it do? Did it? Did I guess I gotta 
read Kim Smith's next article on AVP because she's she's been up on that. Read up, people. Kim Smith, great one of the the, the best one of the best writers in the AVP right now. The be, well, the best writer in volleyball is Travis Muirwitter, but um, but man, she's sharp. She's sharp. Read 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 some of her stuff if you can find her. Form uh, still a current player, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. All right. That's it. Yeah. All right. They're going to they're doing something in Cancun, I think, for three weeks too. And everybody's like, "Oh, I'm going to Mexico." I'm like, "Man, I'm gonna be calling Fuds from home." <laughs> Fuds is coming up in April. I'm, I'm gonna be calling that from home. I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal someone's live stream. I'm gonna put a scoreboard and and do it like a real gangster shit, you know. So, mm-hmm. speaking of gangster stuff, we are moving on to our next subject matter, and I feel like I'm doing it for its own sake this time around but rob i give to you and i give to the people shame or no shame 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 Shame. oh god i i love that dude (laughs) <laughs> I love that, my man. So, Rob, let's do this. And let's do, sorry, let's do that. So, Rob, to shame or not to shame? Clippers get blown out over the weekend by the Pelicans in New Orleans. So, shame, bad Clippers, or no shame because it was good Pelicans? So hard. I think I'm going to go both. Uh, I think it was shame because the Clippers, man, they never come out early. They're just always the work, like the latest team that just keeps coming in to the last part of the uh, last part of the game. They start coming back. And the Pelicans, man, I got to give them props because, you know, they do really good work with the, with the players that they have. Um, same thing with the Hornets. They're a fun team to watch. And uh, I, I can't wait for them to wait, make the playoffs and start making waves. Yeah, I got to go. I mean, normally I would go shame because the Clippers are the best free throw shooting team in the league and the best three point shooting team in the league. So they're able to come back and they're able to stop the clock if they have to. Okay. But with that being said, there's this level of excitement happening in New Orleans, watching Williamson, watching um, all of these these former Duke players get after it. Almost this college style environment where they care more about the 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 name of the team on the front of their jersey instead of the name of the uh, the name of their own name on the back of the jersey so so yeah i I mean well i have every reason in the world to go shame on the clippers but sometimes you you know nobody goes 82 and 0 and sometimes you have these games where the wheels come off but the wheels coming off happened because (laughs) the pelicans took the wheels off right that's right (laughs) that's like me in an mma fight it's like oh you know i would have won if my eye didn't swell up but my eye swelled up because you punched me in it (laughs) didn't i didn't i didn't slip on a banana peel um i so rob uh topic number five is quick question quick question Lala. We only got a couple of them because um, we didn't talk about March Madness. But as this week goes, the first weekend, uh, we're gonna wow, we're, we're gonna know a, a whole lot more than we will coming in. There's still some playing games, and Duke is not in it, so and Kentucky's not in it, so I'm not happy. But West Virginia, that's the other team I watch. 
I follow West Virginia, okay. so I'm happy to see them in it. Rob, quick question. Which number one seed, which number one seed has the best chance at winning March Madness? And I'm going to put them up. There's a number one seed for the West, East, South, and Midwest. So hey, between I'm Gonzaga, go Michigan, 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 Michigan. You going Michigan? I'm, yeah. I'm going Gonzaga. Hmm. Quick question. UFC, Derek Brunson, main events, Kevin Holland. I mean, yeah, I'll go with my man, Kevin Holland. I like him. He's cool. He's rocking. Gotta go with Holland, man. One of the biggest miles in the UFC, but man, he does he back it up. Um, mm -hmm. Quick question. What two teams in the NBA East are capable of beating the Nets in the playoffs? Who's capable um, of derailing this, their road to the finals? I mean, uh, 76ers for sure, a healthy 76ers. Yeah. Who and, uh, <laughs> you know, I could say the Bucs, um, but I think maybe maybe also the Heat. I think that's another team that, uh, you know, could shoot shoot out. I say the Bucs or the Heat as far as uh, styles making matchups and be, teams being well coached and being prepared and being, an, um, I mean, a level of unselfishness it, it goes up two levels. When you watch the playoffs, when you watch the playoffs, man. yeah, when you, I know, I know, but stylistically it's, it's such a but bad, ben Simmons but then it's a, such a, bad, a such players. a nightmare for them uh, head to head though, you know? Yeah, it's true. But I think they're long, you know, long rangey team. If Simmons had a jump shot, he'd be LeBron. <laughs> he'd be LeBron yeah, 2.0. But no, I mean, I'll take, but I'll take a six, nine, uh, you know, 235 pound guy who's going to defend their best guy. And nobody can defend Durant. So if you if you can do something against Durant, or you can do something against uh, uh, James Harden, you know that's that's a recipe to, for disaster for for Brooklyn. And you can only have so many of them out there at a time. You know what I mean? Yes. But yep. All right. Quick question, Rob. NCAA March Madness. I'm gonna give you a choice of two games, which you think would be the uh, um, the more interesting um, round, the uh, more interesting uh, game to watch. UNC, University of North Carolina versus Wisco. This, these are eights and nine, eights versus nines. Or Loyola Chicago versus Georgia Tech. Uh, I like Loyola versus uh, uh, Loyola because, uh, yeah, Loyola sometimes they, they be putting out a good basketball team. So, uh, you know, Georgetown versus Loyola, I'd, I'd be interested to see that. Yo, Loyola Chicago gets none. And when I say none, I mean N-U-N. That's <laughs> meaning that they get some. That is their de facto mascot. And if they let her in the gym, man, they're going to win this first and possibly even second <laughs> round. <laughs> Quick question, Rob. Who's the hotter free agent between these two, Trent Williams or Juju Smith-Schuster? Um, I mean, probably Juju, but I think it should definitely be Trent Williams because, man, no matter what, even if it's the three years, he's going to be more important. Yeah, I got to go Trent. As much as, and it's crazy because I'm we're not slapping Juju, right? I mean, Juju. Juju's important, man. And Juju's fun to watch, entertaining as hell, and takes a hit. A great team player, you know what I'm saying? Has his team's back. Um, one of my favorite things I've seen Juju do was um, Vontez Burfecht. He lay, laid out like Antonio Brown one time, the, mm -hmm. uh, the season before. Knocked him out of the game. Yeah. Yep. And um, the next year, it looked like he was going to hit Antonio Brown again, and Juju laid him out and stood over him. He got the flag for standing over him, but, dude, one of, it was money. It was... It was 
Talk about getting your money's worth. It was every it, everybody's like, dude, you a stealer from now on, because they were like, wow. But that was one of my favorite things I saw Juju do. Not even catch, like block someone, lay lay perfect mm-hmm. out. All right, so that concludes quick question, and finally, because it's International Women's or it's Women's History Month, and we're appreciating some of the great women in sports. I'm going to go with. Where is she? Let me go. Pat Summit. Pat Summit, former Tennessee coach. She was the winningest. She is the winningest coach in NCAA Division One, male or female, with 1,098 victories. Uh, coached 38 seasons. She's the Volunteers coach. Eventually built the program at Tennessee, and she held a 100% graduation rate. I'm going to say that again. She held a 100% graduation rate for all players who completed their eligibility at Tennessee. One Rob, 100% graduation rate. You have athletic programs, particularly basketball, where people are more into the sports, you know, than than chemistry, and you're graduating more people in your program than you are the general student body who are going there specifically to study and get a degree. That says a lot. Mm-hmm. That's my woman. Yeah, mine, um, you know, I was going to say one, but I think I have another in mind. Uh, I'm going to, you know, put a shout out to Maya Moore. Um, she was one of my favorite, you know, one of, one of the basketball players that got me into um, really appreciating women's basketball when she was back with UConn, um, three-time, four-time national championship. Uh, national champion um you know she went on to you know play for i believe it was the minnesota lynx for you know a couple of years um and now this year she's actually taken a leave of absence from playing basketball um to uh continue her fight on uh, social issues uh, in the community and uh you know i just want to give her praise um that you know whether she comes back to basketball or not i think she probably has a very long career still uh, still there for her but um you know, I just have to shout it out because, you know, a lot of people, you know, when this stuff comes up, you know, it comes and goes. Uh, and, you know, for some people, it's very meaningful in those. T- but, you know, there's there's people with platforms that come out and not only speak, but, you know, do, you know, act in the right way. Um, and so I just want to give her props because, you know, not a lot of people can, you know, take a position of power and, you know, just continue to give and give back. Um to their own community. And I think it's just a great thing. So my more big ups, you know, happy, happy women's month. Pretty cool. Shout out. I really, really like that. And we got one more week to do this. I think or two more weeks to do this. So plenty of women out there that need, that need to be appreciated and respected on a local level. I had one, but I think I might save her for next week and it's going to surprise her because this woman does not like me. And she thinks I don't like her. So, <laughs> but again, my love or, or hate from someone should never affect my the um, what's real and what's not real. Rob, before we go, is there anything you'd like to say to the people listening? Uh, you know, just stay happy, stay safe. Stay happy, stay safe. I'm going to say the same thing. Stay happy, people. Stay safe. For all of you at home, for all of you watching this on your iPad or iPhone, for all of you on the dinner line on the East Coast at Starbucks or on the lunch line here at, um, I don't know, let's call it good stuff or, bre- uh, or Brothers Burritos as a Rob's joint. Rob loves you and I think I love you too. And for all of you, I speak for Rob. Keep it McLean. McLean, I'm Jason DeBeas. This is episode 57. This is Sports Debate Tuesday. 
We're out. Come check out the Option Podcast on optiondb.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify. 